This episode of According to Flint is brought to you by the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, who is proud to bring the Western lifestyle and outdoor enthusiasts together for conservation projects, enhancing elk habitat, and ensuring the future of America's hunting heritage. Visit rmef.org for more information. Thanks for listening, and enjoy this episode of According to Flint. Thanks to our friends, as always, from Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, supporting everything according to Flint. And welcome to episode number 53. Really looking forward to having a very good friend, a guy that has become a good friend to me. First Brazilian bullfighter to really make an appearance here in the U.S., Lucas Teodoro. And I've joked forever that when I we've done social media things and uh, recorded things, Lucas is always the guy that sits in the corner and giggles. But he has become comfortable with his surroundings, comfortable in the arena and out of the arena and with his language barrier that he had what at one time had. And lo and behold, we discovered Lucas Teodoro is funny, full of some great information. He's got a great story. And more than that, just a good friend and a really nice guy. So enjoy episode 53, Lucas Teodoro, after a word from our friends at Pendleton Whiskey. This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Well, welcome to episode number 53, according to Flint. And happy, as I've said, to welcome four or five time. We can't really decide the proper number. We'll go four. I'll just say four or five time. PBR finals, world finals bullfighter the native Brazilian, now coming to us from beautiful, somewhere outside of Decatur, Texas, Lucas Teodoro. Your name's so good. I, I, you know, we have boring names. Yours, I even roll the R, Teodoro. Good, huh? I'm getting it. <laughs> well, it sounds like difficult for some people to say, but I, I don't think it is, you know. But And that day you told me, like, kind of classy, you know, like I've, Thought it was cool, you know. It is. It's classy, like yeah. Rasmussen. You know, I don't think I've right. ever. I don't think I've ever heard you say my last name, honestly. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Rasmussen. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the LT. Isn't it funny? Speaking of that, I'll just jump right in here. You know, our friend Clint Atkins, who is, by the way, you just torture to death. He's got every. There's certain people he uses their their initials. Even announcing, he had Derek Kababa, DK, KP for Kaiki Pacheco, and then C-Web, C-Dub, LT. I'm not FR. Like, it doesn't sound right to you. But you're the LT. Not just LT. The. Yeah, the LT. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Clint, he's funny, you know. Like, he, he makes up some stuff that it keeps us, it keeps it fun around, you know, like, and 
our locker room and everything. It's it's a good good energy. Yeah, we have a good. It, it's a pretty good. We've talked about it before around you. I don't know if you've. Uh, there was times I didn't know if you were paying attention, but now I've realized you always sat in the corner and giggled and took it all in. But I never take for granted kind of that the tone we have in the locker room because I've been, I've been in the locker room when it's it's never been bad, but not as good. That when it comes down to it, that is a very rewarding, valuable part of keeping our sanity on the road isn't it? That group of, it feels like a family in that locker room, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Cause well, you think about like we're traveling and in airports and everything, you know, like we're away from home and it, it can get stressful, you know, like the, just all the, the, the getting there, you know, like, and then like, I look forward to get to the locker room and then with you guys and just, you know, like have a good time. But then when it gets close to, showtime we gotta get serious again you know like and and do our job so that i really i really enjoy that that moment you know like that we we have at our locker room yeah you do uh, i've tried to explain that to people that come in there okay we've messed around the locker room told stories but there is there's that moment those few minutes or 45 minutes half hour where it's like before a game if you play sports you, you do kind of need you need that time to focus in because especially you guys, there's an edge there. No, we make very much light of it, but every time you step out that locker room door, you're going to a place where things may not go very well. I mean, you, are you conscious of that? You keep Oh that yeah. Mind? Well, you know, like once you, you get in there, you, you don't know how you're going to get out of there. You know, like we, we hope the best, but we know, and we know we're going to give 100%, so we know things can happen. So that that's just the reality of our, our job or our sport. Um, you're, by the way, speaking of that, your face looks pretty good. Now, for people who don't know, that's not – speaking of you don't know what's going to happen, as we record this a couple of weeks ago in Nashville, describe what uh, – instead of me describe, describe what happened in that incident. Well, Kaiki got knocked out, and uh, it was kind of it was close to the fence, so I kind of had to slide in there on the on the tight spot. So in case that bull, because the way he was bucking, I thought he was gonna turn right back, and and Kaiki was right there knocked out. So like I got in there, and then instead of turning back, he jumped forward, and kicked. I kind of got away from the, that first kick, but the second one he got right here on my face and uh broke my nose you know like at, i didn't i didn't see it coming you know and uh, i just felt and uh glad it didn't knock me out so i was able to go back next day and uh they took me to the sports mad uh, uh tandy worked on me and it, it was all good but next day my face was pretty pretty swollen <laughs> it, it was uh you looked like Rocky Balboa. Rocky, uh, cut me, Mick. You did, and we didn't. I didn't even know if you got the reference, but you. So I've watched that video. For one, there's not a real good angle on you because cameras focus on the rider and the bull. I've watched yeah. it back several times, and even watching because those bulls snap when they kick so hard. I never do quite catch where he got you because he kicked your hat into the air 
and his next kick, he kicked the hat. Yeah. <laughs> he was good. So so I never yeah. quite got it. I think he got me uh got me first and then on the way back he kind of got my arm so he kind of pulled me forward a little bit so it, it seems like that one got me but like it, and I I'm glad it didn't get like really on the side cuz it would the damage would be worse, you know. <laughs> Unimaginable. Your nose was Yeah. Your your nose was over here, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what Tandy said. It was like this and he <laughs> took a picture there and showed me but I I didn't you know, like, and then he said, well, you want to fix it now or later? So I just do it now, you know, because it's well, we still had that adrenaline going, you know, like, and just put it in place. Did he do the like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of pushing on the side and up. Did you piss your pants a little bit? It hurt, you know, but I think everything <laughs> that adrenaline was going, so I just want to get it done and you, you know, that's part of it you, you know what sucks about that and i think it did for you that next day because you stayed in the locker room till the time you had to go in the arena every person that talks to you are you okay are you <laughs> hey how's your nose don't you get tired pretty soon you're just i went and found you in the locker room remember and i kind of warmed up with you and, yeah, and yeah. you were hiding weren't you from people talking about it oh yeah i just you know, and we had a good, a big locker room, so I so said, I just can stay here because it was close to the, to where we had to get in the arena. So I just stay here and then do my warm up and just kind of focus, you know, because that way you're not talking to to people like asking how you were and this and that. And I just want to get my mind on the, yeah, on on fighting bulls, you know. Um, you and I have talked a little bit this fall is a little different this end of summer fall it used to be the second kind of third of the season with the team we had a talk the other day with the team format and however it's presented on tv and and the the bright lights the stage the the arena looks different the sound is different there's all of these changes with pbr in this part of the season for you and webb and jesse whoever's there your job's still the same, isn't it? That doesn't affect you. Yeah, it didn't change nothing for us. We still gotta, we still gotta keep the bull rider safe, you know, and do our job. There's, there's a little details that set up, you know, and then that that corner gets a little tricky to work on it, you know. But it, it we gotta figure it out, you know, like and uh, we just. I just hope, you know, like, and, and, and it, it's cool to watch them, the team deal, you know, like, you know, it, it's different. And, and I think it, it's a transition for everybody, you know, but for us, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty much the same when it gets time, we got to go there and, and do our job. You know, I've, all, I've always thought that sometimes the people building arenas and even this arena now, it's, I mean, that isn't a fault of anybody, a sharp corner in an arena is not your friend that it it creates issues doesn't it and those the corners are 90 degree corners of the the new arena that does create some issues of sliding in and out doesn't it oh yeah because if you if you really gotta get on that corner you there's no way to go you know like uh dusty tucking is in anaheim kaiki got uh bucked off right there and he had to get in there and then he was stuck and then and then the other two guys need to be aggressive coming from the outside and then 
pull that bull away from the, that guy, you know. So it's if you don't really need to be there, like you, if you hit, you know, if the the ride's going towards the the middle of the arena, you just slide out of there, and then because you don't want to, you don't want to be against those those panels, you know. Yeah, sounds to me like the common problem here is Kaiki Pacheco. Sounds like we've got we've just told two stories of wrecks and they're both Kaiki. That's right. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's the Yeah. Maybe we should call him and Yeah. Tell him, uh, hey, what's hey, going on? What what are you doing, man? <laughs> Get your ass going. You're you're getting guys killed out here. And hey, the the thing with Dusty Tuckness in Anaheim is that's the bull every single one of us hates. Is wasn't that the bull? The um wasn't it that big mean bull or was that a different one? Uh, well, the one that hooked him uh, on Sunday was a legit. Legit. Red. Yeah, that red bull, yeah. He's awful, man. He's mean. I hate him. Oh, Everybody yeah. hates he him. Is. Everybody hates him. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a few episodes ago, I had Paulo Krimber on here. Interesting guy. Paulo's a good dude. Know what I mean, oh, buddy? Yeah. Know what I mean, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> Denner Barbosa imitates him. Know what I mean, buddy? <laughs> yeah, Denner. <laughs> but he talked, we had a really good talk about the process. He was one of the early Brazilian riders to come over uh, and ride here. And he talked about comparing the process of coming into the country then, where it was just, they were kind of on their own. And now there's a pretty good network of Brazilian riders yourself, which has really helped and improved the process for you guys tell me a little bit about when you decided to come to the u.s that process complicated scary what'd you go through coming over to establish yourself here well flint like uh when i really decided you know like and uh i didn't really come by that time you know and uh, i had some issues on getting the, my visa and stuff but like when i first got in my mind that i wanted to come i start uh doing English classes, you know, like there, cause I, like to me, like, well, the bull riders, they need to, they can go anywhere, pay entry fees and then they're going to ride, you know, it's speaking English or not. But to me, like to get a job, I need to be able to, to talk to people, you know, like, and then, and, uh, and that, that was the deal. So I, I did like classes there for probably like five years. And then I got to come like the the first year on uh, December of 2012, <clears throat> and it was it, it wasn't that complicated because there was a bunch of guys around already. So I stayed a couple of days at uh, Rubens Barbosa's house until like uh, and then uh, JRV uh, Eduardo and uh, some other guys came and we all uh, ran an apartment together and then we lived together for a couple of months. But, like, those first two years, I was back and forth, you know, and so I would come here and stay, like, three or four months and go back and uh, go there and then work. And then and then 2015, I decided to stay here. And then, But I think the, the thing that really helped me is, like, knowing a little about the language, you know. Yeah. I didn't have that, that, that language barrier. It wasn't uh, too hard for me. When, when it comes down to it, Apollo, Apollo talked about the same thing that he, he encourages all the riders that come over here. If you, you know, 
you weren't invited. You're a guest. Nobody invited you. You're a guest. Yeah, and right. he's he's a big believer in don't be lazy. Learn the language of the country you're in. I found that very that interesting. Is it discussed amongst the riders? I mean, I hear you guys talking all the time, and I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Do do are there certain guys that obviously there's certain guys that really want to learn the language? I mean. Freaking Jose Vitor Lemmy is unbelievable how he has learned the language. Is it discussed? Yeah. Do do guys talk about yes or no on that? Uh yes, and uh some guys will some guys doesn't really wanna wanna learn and they use like excuse, man, I, I don't want to stay here. Whenever I be done riding bulls, I'll go back to Brazil, you know, and uh but and then I'll say, Yeah, but just you're here now, you know, like and then so the chances of uh, you're making more money with sponsorship and stuff. If you speak English, it, it's better, you know, because like uh, who's going to put their brand on you. And then if, if you win the event, you can't do an interview, you know, like it, somebody else have to speak for, you know, and, the, and that kind of stuff. And then, and some are like really trying to learn, you know, and then just like Jose, like in, like in one or two years, he was, he was speaking a good English already. So it's just, I think it's just a different mentality. I think the, the, the younger generation probably gonna, gonna do it better, you know, of learning and stuff. And then it's, it's just hard, you know, and like, to me, I like to talk people, talk to people, you know, like knowing everybody. So I don't think I would still be here if I didn't speak any English. Or I don't know if I would have any success too, you know. I think, and and it ties completely into what you said about sponsors, is that the fans want to know everybody. They want to know me and you. They want that, you know, you can hear in crowd responses uh, as they get to know riders. Like Jose has become so popular because they know his personality and his heart because he expresses it so well. And, uh, you know, you look back, you know, Adriano was popular and they got to know him. Galermi was so, such a kind guy and they wouldn't have known that. There's guys, they want to know personalities and so do I. I've discovered, you know, suddenly I've discovered you're funny. <laughs> but like <laughs> Mauricio Moreira, he learned English fast. The guy's freaking yeah. hilarious. And oh, how, yeah. how would I know that? You know, I mean, you kind of know. But it really, yeah. as far as fan interaction... It's a must in that department. Yeah, I think it's, and also it's a respect for the for the country too. You know, like because, like, and sometimes I see like uh, American people. I need to learn Portuguese. That's fine, but like we need to learn English because we're here. You know, like if you go to Brazil, you probably need to learn Portuguese. So that's, you know, that's just like a, like the the American people. They don't need to. There's a lot of people that try to help, you know, and uh, but you know, I think we we need to to do our part too if you want to leave here. I can't. I cannot. I don't get Portuguese. It's a like a little. My girls um, speak some Spanish. You know, they've taken a lot yeah. of it in school, and Spanish kind of makes sense. I can catch it. I can listen to it and catch some of it. Portuguese confuses me. It it's just different. Lucas, I don't know if you know that. Everybody thinks it's like Spanish. It's really not <laughs> like Spanish. Yeah, it, it 
it's different. You can get along, you know, but probably like it sounds that difficult to you because you listen to us talking. And it's the same to me. Like if I listen uh, to someone speaking like a, a person that's uh, na their native language is Spanish, I can't get any like word when they're speaking between them, you know, like because it's so fast. But, like, if I get to talk to someone in Spanish, you like, slow, and then mm -hmm. just the basics, you know, like, I can get a little bit. Yeah. Um, my girls tell me, you know, they you always try to teach them. Uh, their mom was a Spanish teacher, fluent, and teach them to have a have an accent when they speak Spanish. Buenos dias. Don't do it like an American. <laughs> Buenos dias. But, like, CA, kind of. <laughs> but my girls tell me, that when I try to speak Spanish with an accent, I talk like a Brazilian bull rider. That's what they always say. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. How you doing, bud? They're like, Dad, no, that's that's wrong. So, you guys are a bad influence on my Spanish. Damn it. Every Brazilian, every Brazilian, there's somebody waiting. Buddy. There's somebody waiting in the airport selling them. Hey, buddy. Yeah. They all they all know, buddy. That's first word. <laughs> what hey what was your i i always am curious that early on some of the earlier bull riders we kind of knew backstories robson palermo had an interesting upbringing you know no shoes and a dirt floor shack in the jungle and uh you know uh marco aguchi was a city kid kind of a skateboarder type kid you know i love those background what about you were you rodeo ranching what was your upbringing back home well uh not really Flint. i'm from a small town in brazil so I, I was raising in the town but like my grandpa has always been like a farm manager you know and my dad like his deal uh he always worked with coffee you know like that coffee is big in my town so uh he was a broker he would buy and then from the farmers and sell to the big companies you know like out of the country so that's pretty much how he raised us and somehow he got involved on the the rodeo at my town on the committee <clears throat> so i was kind of around like that that time of the year it was it was around at this time september and uh so i'll little kid you know like be waiting for that that week you know and then i had a uncle that had some bucking horses too and uh i used to go to rodeos with him so that's pretty much how i got got involved a little bit and then when i <clears throat> when i grew up and i was around 13 and i wanted to be a bull rider and uh but didn't really like go and try you know got on two or three steers and then i, I met a, a guy that he was a bullfighter and uh just started going to uh jackpots with him every weekend and pretty much got got into it um you so you were no good you're wait you're a brazilian guy that wasn't very good at bull riding like that's a low percentage lucas well i, I can't say because i didn't really try much you yeah. know so I, when i was going to start and i just started going to fight bulls so it's and then i didn't think about riding bulls anymore yeah. you know uh there there's different you hear different people talk about Brazil and bull riding. Oh, yeah, it's soccer, then bull riding, and they have these festivals. How big is rodeo 
over there. If you had to, is it similar to the U.S.? Is it bigger in Brazil? Is it more mainstream? How would you describe it? What? How is it there? I think like the 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 party it, it's bigger, you know, because like, uh, every uh, rodeo they have a concert, and a lot of places they're more like uh, they do more for the concerts than for the the rodeo, like Texas. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, like they, they just, they spend more money bringing like famous uh, people to sing, you know, like in the, instead of putting money on the road, you, so, but it is big, you know, like every, every small town, there's a road, you, you know, like, and then there's those big rodeos too, you know, it, uh, but I think here, like, well, you go to uh, San Antonio, you go to Houston, they, they have a concert, but they have like a good road you too, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but there's a places like that too, you know, and uh, that's how I would, uh, I would say it, it is big. Uh, the one we hear of is Bejetos, right? Do I say it right? Yeah. Barretos, yeah. as people, Bejetos, <laughs> isn't it? And that is a huge, we hear about the Bejetos rodeo. But it's really just a very long festival day after day, isn't it? With concerts and it's more of a festival than a rodeo, would you say? Uh, no, the rodeo there is pretty good too, you know, like it's like 10 days. Kind of like Calgary, you know, like okay. it's a, I don't know. I don't know if they have concerts in Calgary because I've never yeah. been there. But, they have night shows. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but they like. They always have something going on during the day, like for kids, you know, like family. And then the, the rodeo starts around seven. And then after the rodeo, they have the concerts that go. Sometimes it go until next day, you know, all night long. Yeah. Are, hey, are the, are the bull riders that come over here, uh, do people in Brazil, bull riding fans, then is that a, a real ultimate step for them to come to the U.S.? And do people keep track of them while they're in the States? Is that kind of the sign of they're going bigger or not? What's the attitude of bull riders that leave Brazil to come here? Yeah, it's, 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 I would say the next step, you know, like it's like you do good there and then you want to come here, you know, you want to, you want to come here and, 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 and do good here too. Cause it's, that's where the best are, you know, like, and that's where the, the money is too. Cause right now the, like the, the, I don't know, how do I say the, the money trade, you know, like the, the it's exchange, like, the, yeah, the yeah, exchange. The, yeah. The exchange now it's like five at one, a dollar here is five there. So a guy makes some money here. It's, it's a good money there, you know? And so that, wow. that's, that's a pretty good. Let's go coming here. And, Let's go, man. Yeah, <laughs> I could use that. That's, uh, yeah. Well, I had heard that years ago. You, you know, there was a time it was three, three to one, and you know, so guys were winning, sending money home. You know, there was. Yeah, there's been guys here for years that really. Uh, I've never had anything bad. We have fans that can get pretty critical of Brazilian riders and. They're really, they're sending money home to take care of their families who don't have much right. and the money they win here can do a lot for them. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some guys that they don't really want to stay here, you know, like, and they're just here working 
And whenever they be done, they, they go back home. It's just like Renato. And as soon as he was uh, retired, he went back and, and he's doing good now and, and doing his stuff there, you know? Yeah. What about you? Do you, are you, what do you want to do? Do you want to go back to Brazil? You want to stay here? What, or do you know? Uh, Man, right now I want to stay here. I want to, I, I love this country, you know, like I always wanted to come here and live here. And, uh, I, whenever I'm not fighting bulls anymore, I just do something else and, uh, just raise my kids here, you know, and, uh, I don't know about the future, you know, that, that God will put on his hand and then he'll know what, what's going to be. But I, my idea is now to stay here. Do we, I don't because I have traveled a little bit. Do you feel as a, as a person that's moved into this country that always wanted to live here and you watch our news, not to get too much into this, but do you feel like a lot of Americans take for granted what we have here and the, the chances we have to make a, a good life? Do you feel like do you sometimes say, don't you see what you have here? It, you know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm asking, right? Yeah, well, just it's easy. Like everywhere you drive, there's like a sign and now hiring, you know, like, and there's no people to work. So I, and I, I just look at it and say, man, that, there's a lot of work, you know, and, uh, and people just want things for free, you know, and, uh, a lot, some people, you know, and, uh, shit, it just go, go work and then make your money, you know, and, uh, there's a lot of people in other countries that, you know, we'll do everything to be here and then be working and, and, and doing good, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Coming to the country aside, what about, what was your biggest adjustment or change you had to make in the arena? What's the difference when you step in the arena to fight bulls in the U S at a PBR and when you had to work in Brazil, what is the difference that you had to make? Well, I had to learn a lot when, you know, like, uh, the, the, the bulls here, they're, they're like way more aggressive, uh, faster, you know, like he, you know, they gonna, as soon as that guy's out, that rider's off, you know, like they, some of them, they gonna be game on. So I had, I had to, uh, be more aggressive, you know, like in the, and I think that the when I got to another level, it's like to me, it's that the year that I got to work like a, pretty much half of the season with Cody and Frank. Mm -hmm. So you know, like I, I can watch that that first event in Florida and then watch the World Finals. The the difference my in the arena was like it was huge, you know, like and and just because. You got to step up with work with them, you know, cause if not, you're going to, you're going to be behind. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, like I was, I was, sorry. No. I always no. like asking them, you know, like, Hey man, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, like to me, you two are the best. So I want to learn from you guys and, and, and just be, be a good bullfighter. <clears throat> I saw it probably. And you know, this nothing changed in you physically. From the beginning to the end. It was right. up there. It's oh, in your mind, right? Oh, yeah. The confidence and that aggressiveness, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 
most like the confidence, you know, like, and then uh, some adjustments, you know, that I had to make. And then they, they just telling me, Hey, you, you got to do this and that. And, uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable, man. How like you surround yourself with, uh, with great people, you know, like you, you're gonna, you're gonna get yourself better. Do you, the, the good thing when you talk and you had guys like Shorty and Jesse, you know, I can name probably the guys that helped you out a lot were probably Shorty, Jesse, Frank, Cody. You know, right. and you're Cooper Wands in there, Dusty Tuckins, but early on. Yeah. Right. Was any, would you say, I, if I had to pick, I would say Cody would probably be the most outspoken kind of giving you tips. Am I right? Or would it be Frank? I think both of them, like every time I was with them, you know, like, and, uh, you know, Frank, every time I, like, I think it was Fort Worth, like two years ago, like every time I would go to a UTB event, you know, like you don't want to mess up there, you know, like, and so everything that happened, I would go to him, hey, did I do anything wrong? You know, like, and then like, at one point he said, man. Nothing that happens like you're doing wrong, you know, like not everything. You're, you're doing good, man. We, you know, like you're here because you earned your spot here. And uh, you just got to just do your thing, you know, like quit thinking. And I think that was like, man, you know, I'm going to, you know, like just quit thinking and then just, just react, you know, and uh, and pretty much. But Cody, like we, we talk a lot, even during the week, you know, like if I got some stuff and, I'll send videos to him or Frank. Say, hey man, what do you think? What What do you think I should have done? You know, and because uh, I think that's that's the only way we we're gonna be a, a good good bullfighter. You know, like and just trying to trying to learn from from guys that you think they're they're the best. Yeah, but how did Frank really say it? Like, hey man, hey babe, hey man, hey man, <laughs> <laughs> hey hey Lucas, hey man, it's Frank. <laughs> Hey, babe. <laughs> you notice, oh, you notice, as soon as you started saying something about Frank, I smiled and kind of started yeah. giggling. Because Frank was always, and always has been very intent. We talk about Frank lovingly because he's a guy that he's, when it's, it consumes him. Bullfighting has been his life. Yeah. Like, don't you find, and, and Cody... Dusty Tuckness is that way. Cody is the same way. That is what they are about. Um, There's a real, talk about passion for a sport there, right? Yeah, well, uh, Cody, like, he was telling me the other day, like, with 10-year-old, like, being a 10-year-old, like, fighting them old big bulls, you know, like, that's that's something, man. And And him... And him and then Tuckness, you know, like they're where they at because they're not, you know, like they're good at it, but like they put the work in it too, you know. It, it's an everyday life. It's, you know, like they're wake up and go to bed thinking about bulls and bull fighting, you know, like those guys are. It's the same with Frank too, you know. Yeah. Uh, Frank, hey, baby. <laughs> day, I'm sitting in the locker room, just you and me. <laughs> And you're across yeah. and just out of nowhere, 
You just whooped it out. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, you know, like to me, uh, just getting to know him better, you know, traveling with him, like it was, it was so freaking cool because I, man, coming from Brazil, like I've been watching him on, on DVDs and stuff my, my whole career in life, you know, and then you get to come here and, and, and get to work with him and, and be a friend, you know, like that was, that, that was pretty cool, you know, because there's times that uh, there are some guys like back in Brazil that they're they're my heroes. But I like I wish I would never met him in person, you know, and uh, and Frank, he's my hero. But like more, I, more I know, I knew, uh, more I got to meet him and knew, uh, know him more like respect I had for him, you know. Yeah, you hear that a lot. Yeah. You should never. They uh, well, there's kind of a saying about you should never meet your heroes. You know, you'd be disappointed. Yeah. But there are Frank's the kind of guy that then he's a bigger hero because I have a yeah. video. I I I'll have to look. Maybe I don't have it on this phone. I had a video I snuck. Maybe you don't know this at World Finals in Vegas a couple two three years ago, and you were sitting down, and Frank had his hat off. And you were reading scriptures to him in Portuguese before yeah. a show. You were reading your Bible, and he was praying with you and was all in Portuguese. And it was one of the coolest things. And I know I shouldn't. I didn't do anything with it. I just wanted it, you know. And I videoed yeah. you guys. I thought, you guys share that strong faith, don't you? Yeah, it was it was cool that moment, you know, like in the up. I miss having him at locker room with us, you know, like, and, and, uh, it, it, it's a good, that faith and that shoot, we gotta have that, man. It, it's, it's a hard job, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. That's, and that's a big part of Frank's life and your life. I, it's refreshing. You know, I don't express it much yeah. and maybe should more, but it's sure, uh, it's a cleansing breath to me when you guys do that. And Cody, <laughs> Cody always leads us well. And anyway, yeah. Uh, but when, you know, it, we do it, I like that we choose to do it back in the back. Nobody sees, it's just us. And I could, Frank always used to say our prayer for us in our huddle. Right. Man, give us strength. And, and I always love that he said, give Flint the strength to, to bless these people and bring them joy. And I'd always yeah. just go, it was like the it meant something because he means it, like he oh, yeah. he means it. Yeah, if, if he's saying it, it's you know like it's it got power on it. Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah, you, you said uh, you said the other just now. You said there was guys you wish you wouldn't have met, and you had heroes in Brazil. All of a sudden, the other day, in the middle of the arena, at a section break at a TV commercial, you whoop out the fact. That you traveled with a rodeo clown in Brazil. <laughs> I'm like, what? And you you learn. I, I turned to Jesse Byrne. I said, all of a sudden, Lucas whipping out stories here that I, after four or five years. <laughs> tell well, me, like, uh, tell me about the rodeo clown you traveled with in Brazil. Well, like the, when they're getting all that stuff out of the arena, you know, you remember we we're just waiting to walk in. Oh yeah, it was they were clearing the pyro out of the arena, the explosives. Yes, go ahead. And then you said, "Man, it looks like a clown car." 
And that man, it, it does, you know, like, and I, and then it brought to me when I uh, traveled with this guy, but I was just starting, you know, like, and he had some good rodeos, but he would fight bulls and clown. Mm-hmm. He would do both, but he was not fighting bulls anymore. He was just there, you know, and then he was taking me and then, uh, you know, he would look on the back and see like some mean bulls come and say, man, I got to go get ready, you know, like, and he would <laughs> let me hang it by myself, you know, <laughs> but it would be like all day long to help him to put the, all the stuff on his, uh, he had a little car that he would drive in and that car would explode, you know, like, and then it was a pain and, you know, like having to help him, but, you know, like, and then that he would get in there, do his show and that car would break in the middle of the arena. So I had to go there and push that car <laughs> off, you know, like, and it was like every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that happens here too. Cloud, oh, clouds man. cars, they never work. Yeah, I know. It was funny. Like, as soon as you said that, I said, man, I, I got to tell Flynn that, you know, <laughs> story. So what do, <laughs> what are the difference in, so rodeo clowns in Brazil, like, it, do they do true comedy? What, what kind of things do they do? So a car act, that's a rodeo clown act in, in the U.S. That's common. Do they do? Yeah. Is there is their humor different? What sort of things do they entertain the crowd with? If that that's a hard question to ask, but what sort of things I, do they talk about? I think it's pretty much the same, you know, like, and it, it's a little different than what, like, you, you're more like, a, a, like, I think it's different, like, if you go and watch you and watch, like, a rodeo clown, <clears throat> right? At, at the, like, at the rodeo. <clears throat> and, and you have done that because you're doing more, like, dancing and stuff and then, uh, but they do like more acts, you know, like, and then some of them have a barrel, they get in there, but they, you know, like just in the middle of the event, they would be like doing some stuff, but it's, it's more like a, I would say it's pretty much the same. Were you funny when you helped? Were you, did you have to go be funny? Did you ever dress like a woman or play a part in a clown act? Like what was your best work, Lucas? Tell me. Uh, not, I wasn't really funny, you know, because I like I'm kind of shy when I'm like when I don't know people, I am shy a little bit, you know, until I get to know. But I had to like there's times where he would do a, a act like he would be a doctor, you know, like and I would pretend that I was hurt or something like that. And then like the deal is like I'm laying on my belly and uh, it would put a, a firework in, in the middle of my legs. And he would tap my leg for me to run. Sometimes he would wait too much. And then, you know, like, and then suddenly I would get burned, you know, like. And then... <laughs> you can't blow stuff up on your body. Like, uh... yeah. <laughs> so basically every funny part of the clown act was just smoke and blowing, blowing stuff up. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It, it was a good time, you know, like it, it kind of helped me uh, on getting to, do some good rodeos, you know, like, and yeah. give myself for people to see me. <clears throat> I think it's relaxing. I, I, you know, when I did rodeos, I had clown acts and I'd have the bullfighters help me. Joe Bumgarner and Lloyd Ketchum and, uh, Shorty helped Frank. He <clears throat> I was in, I'll never forget where it was. Burwell, Nebraska. I have this, this act. It was a big box and I turned into Elvis in this act and it, 
had buttons and I'll never forget when I'd crawl in, there was these two buttons that blew smoke later in the act and I'd always say, don't hit those buttons. When we'd go out, <laughs> don't hit those buttons. So I crawl in and the but the door cracks open and Frank says, oh man, sorry, I hit one of your smoke bombs off. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, he knows. Um, but I always thought, I had a lot of bullfighters, they liked it. And and like Webb, Cody Webster, he'll play along in the arena once in a while. Yeah, he, I think it's a, it takes your mind and it also humanizes you to the people watching. It makes you more approachable. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 relaxing too, you know, like it's it's fun. Uh, okay, well I'll remember that cuz now you're in when I need you. But we went I have all these I'd go live Facebook live or whatever in the locker room. Remember we web does it sometime. Hey, we're live yeah. in the locker room. We go around and everybody'd say something. Hey man, we're getting ready and I look, let's see what Lucas is doing. What were you doing every time? Uh, just sitting in the corner. Just sitting in the corner giggling. <laughs> hey, there's Lucas. All that time, you just sat in the corner and giggled. All of a sudden, in the last seven, eight months, you started talking more. We didn't know you were so damn uh, funny, man. <laughs> just I just got comfortable, you know, like you guys too, you know. Y'all always treat me really good, you know, like I can't say anything, but it's just like when you – I'm that way when I'm like new on place. I just kind of I watch more and then just listen more than than talk, you know. Yeah. So I didn't want to be like a dumbass there saying <laughs> something, you know. Like <laughs> it's funnier when you're a dumbass. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good that's a good way to be. You know, you know my girls, uh, both my girls who are now in their twenties, but. They love Lucas. They just, man, Lucas is so cool. They just think you're great. Just so you know. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, they like the other guys too, but they like Lucas. I think they think you're cute anyway. <laughs> yeah, Lucas is cool. <laughs> um, okay. Hey, you you touched earlier about your grandpa was a, a coffee broker. And you and I, we have talked about what we want to do later in life. You know, and, and that's... That's a real tough topic for for all any kind of athletes where the career can be short. Getting stuck not doing something you, you love. You want to go into the coffee business, right? Are you, You're starting kind of the process of that, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm working on the, on the, on gear and everything. I already decided the name and then with your help. So, uh, I, I just, I'm just thinking about, you know, like something whenever I, not fighting bulls anymore. I just, you know, like I don't want to. Whenever I retire, I have to think about something, you know, like and I got family to take care. Of, so I'm, I'm working on the, on on getting like the coffee from Brazil and roasted here and have my own brand, and uh, and just sell people the the good stuff. It, <laughs> the coffee's better <laughs> Brazil. Yeah, the coffee's better in Brazil, huh? Is that uh, yeah well and, and my hometown it, it's like the the coffee there is really really famous in brazil you know like it's uh it's kind of on the mountains you know and the 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 weather helps too so it's 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 a really good coffee and uh 
And that's what my brother, my brother-in-law, my dad, they all work with. So I, I have a easy access to, to the, the coffee, you know? And so I want to, I want to take advantage of that and, and, and do something. Um, yeah, you're not talking a coffee stand on the side of the street. You want it. You're not a retailer. You want to have a company that then you sell. You're taking your knowledge that you learned as a kid and you want to do that. Is there a lot of BS crap to go through to get, to be able to import that coffee from where you're from? Uh, I, I'm still looking at it. Flint. I'm, 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 it's it's going to be like a learning process for me too, you know, like all that import and stuff. But I don't think it's that complicated, you know. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'm, I'm working on getting a license, and uh, and then there's a guy there in Brazil that he's working on the on the brand, on the logo, and everything. So it might be like by next year when I get everything done, because I I'm not in a hurry. I want to do like uh, something good, you know. Yeah. Did you, did you, you, so you took my advice on your name in the Uh, company? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought you told me your thoughts of a name of a company. And I just think you're, uh, I'm looking over at Logan, Theodoro, you got to have your name in the company to identify the fact that this is great coffee coming from Brazil and you have a cool name, man. Theodoro. Yeah, man. I I like (laughs) that. You know, like when you told me I was, I was thinking about, and then we talked again in Cheyenne and said, man, that that's it. And I, and I talked to, I told my dad too. And then he really liked, you know, like, and he said, man, I didn't think about that. Cause that's his last name. Cause that's, that's the way like mm-hmm. we do there. Uh, so he, he really liked it too. Because you say, oh, Teodoro. Hello. Teodoro. What kind of coffee are you having, man? <laughs> like I can see the commercial. I want money for this, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the commercial is, hey, Flint Rasmussen, what's your favorite coffee? Teodoro. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Teodoro coffee. <laughs> the coffee, okay, one more thing. Locker room stuff. Coffee's big for us from Clint Atkins. Clint Atkins is, he is a great bull riding announcer, also a bourbon expert and a coffee expert. Coffee, how is Clint, he makes coffee in the locker room, which, yes, sounds gross, kind of. How's his coffee? Well, how would you rate that? his choices? It's good. It brings that uh, uh, text speak in. It, it's, it's pretty good, you know. I like it. No, it's that damned old Texas pecan. <laughs> That's what it is. But, yeah, he, he's picky. You're picky about your coffee. I know. It's good about... 40 minutes before a show, we whip out right. some Texas pecan. Last week, it was the taste of Austin. That was his yeah, coffee. With, yeah. yeah, with a touch of cinnamon, he said. It was a Texas pecan with a touch of cinnamon. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, what, uh, congrats on the, before I let you go, your family, your kids are small. Ingrid, your oh, your thanks. wife, your wife Ingrid, yeah, right. Ingrid, yeah, yeah. And what are your your boy? I I know your son. Uh, it's Gabriel. Yet not and Giovanna. Not Theodore. <laughs> Giovanna. Giovanna. Giovanna, yeah, the yeah. girl. I told you last week it would be funny if your 
son's name was Theodoro because his name would was be Theodoro Teodoro. And you stared at me, not an expression, and said, his name is Gabriel. <laughs> Uh, they, uh, so you, um, you want to raise them. You said you want to raise them, send them to school. You asked as far as education and the opportunities here, it sounds like that's important to you to raise them in, yeah. a, in a place that you're very proud of and comfortable with. Yeah, it is. And my boy, he just started on pre-K now at school and he's, he's loving it. And, uh, but they always been going to daycare, you know, and, uh, I think it'll be good for them to to learn English too, you know, because that's gonna be their pretty much their first language, you know. Like, you know, we we just speak Portuguese at home, and uh, but we don't know the, like the the right English to teach him. So we always wanted him to go go early to to daycare or, or school so that they 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 learn. It's a it, it's an interesting. <clears throat> I love being around the children of. Brazilian bull riders in years because they learn two languages at the same time. Uh, you yeah. know, if you learn it early, you're not translating, you're just learning it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, for example, uh, this past, as we do this, this past weekend, John, uh, Denner Barbosa's son, Denner doesn't speak much English really. No, but John, yeah. John, I can have a full conversation with, without an accent, you know, Perfect English, yeah. no accent, and then he turns and speaks to his dad in Portuguese. That is, I think that's invaluable. I, I think your kids to have that opportunity to do that, I, it's amazing to me. I, I love that about the kids. Yeah, and it it's like that's their future, you know. Like I think that's the best thing that I can that I can give it to them, you know. Like and then whatever if they want to stay here or go back to Brazil, even if they go there with the with the english and then they're gonna have a better opportunities on jobs you know and uh man i don't think it's like everything you can learn it's always good for you you know mm -hmm. and i want i want him like i want him to learn spanish too you know like and be able to speak like three languages yeah because that 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 i think that's important well that'll be easy for him now they learn learn the two <laughs> uh how old are you i'm 34 uh, you have any vision in mind of how long or what is your body going to dictate? I, they always say your body dictates your career. You seem right. overall, you've been pretty healthy besides getting kicked in the face once in a while. Um, do you, do you see a schedule of how long you want to do this? Or is it just, you just going to feel play it by ear a little bit? Well, uh, pretty much gonna play by ear but i think if i like i'd like to go like 42 44 you know like and it, it, it's all like our our job it all depends on on your body you know like if injuries that you you're gonna have you know like i take a good care of my body you know and then working out and doing just trying to trying to keep healthy you know and uh but i if i get to 42 44 i'll be happy I said that too. You know, I did that. Yeah. I, I used to say, if I'm, if I'm 45 years old doing this job, just put me out of my misery. I, I will pass that. So, uh, well, you know what? I, uh, I appreciate your time, but 
it is a it is a joy it brings joy in my life every week to spend time with you in the arena and in the locker room i want you to know that i know i probably never told you that but when i walk in and you're sitting in your corner because you're always in the corner giggling it's uh i always know there's going to be joy and that's what it's all oh, about thanks. and i appreciate it that means a lot to me flint you know like uh, you're you know like you're a guy that i've been you know like i always look up to you know like in all of you guys in that locker room so i i have a lot of respect for you guys you know and so that that means a lot to me and i really enjoy being around you too well we'll keep doing it okay Right. We'll keep after it. Thanks, Lucas. <laughs> Thank you, Flint. I'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs>